0: Hi and welcome to our latest One Church Podcast. Our vision is to encourage, equip and empower you to discover a life-changing relationship with God. We hope this message will inspire you to discover your full potential. Thanks for listening. So my main, my main verse that I'm, I'm speaking from this morning is found in Mark 4. Verse 35, Mark 4, 35, it'll be on the screen, brilliant, thanks Daniel. It says, that day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along, just as he was in the boat. There were also also other boats with him. A furious wind came up, and the waves broke over the boat, so that it was nearly swamped. Even the wind and waves obey him. Amen. Here we see the disciples caught up in a storm. A storm that they didn't see coming. A storm that shakes them and knocks them off course. A storm that fills them with fear and uncertainty. Every day we face things that catch us off guard and take the feet from under us. Storms that cause doubt, fear and uncertainty. Storms that of disappointment and regret. Whether it's a divorce, a diagnosis, or a P45, we've all received that unexpected phone call that throws us into a spin. But for every storm, there has to be a response. If storms are something that we can't control or avoid, it's important that we know how to respond when the waves come crashing in. My message title for this morning is First Responders. First Responders are usually the unsung heroes that are first on the scene to offer assistance in times of crisis. Whether it's police, medical, fire or rescue, their ability to make decisions and respond with a calm, confident and reassuring head has the potential to save lives, minimize damage and relieve pain here at one we have a church full of first responders people who go above and beyond for the sake of others people who turn up early and go home late people who put others before themselves to carry the load only last week was our father's day sunday and because so many people were away on holiday we didn't have anyone to serve in the hub but as soon as ryan and fiona found out they were first on the scene Every week, Tom Nelson is first on the scene with an encouraging text message. Just when you're feeling anxious, overwhelmed, or overlooked, Tom's name will appear on your phone. There's other people who like to slip under the radar and go unnamed. But as soon as they they hear that someone's struggling, they're first on the scene with a card or a bunch of flowers. When Gillian and I were struggling at the end of last year, our team didn't hesitate. They instantly got round about us, prayed over us, and sent us on arrest. rest. I'm sure we've all felt the benefit of someone who's turned up in your hour of need and saved the day or softened the blow. But the question I've been asking myself recently is how do I re- react in times of crisis? What's my first response when the unexpected comes? And suddenly I feel myself begin to sink Because I know for sure that in the heat of the moment, my thoughts, feelings and emotions can be like petrol to a flame. There's times where my response has actually made a situation worse, causing more damage, more devastation and more casualties. But here's the thing about first responders, whether it's a firefighter or a paramedic, whether it's mountain rescue or deep sea divers, every scenario they go into is different. Every crisis they face is individual. It doesn't matter how many fires they've fought or how many casualties they've, they've treated. Every time that phone goes, it's a first because every storm is unique. But that doesn't stop them. Why? Because they've done the training. They're equipped and prepared, regardless of what it looks like. They know how to respond in any given situation. They don't wait for a fire before they learn how to fight one. They don't wait for a casualty before they learn how to treat one. And neither should we. As Christians, we don't need to wait till the waves are crashing over us before we run to Jesus. We don't need to wait until the boat's about to sink before we open the word of God. We can't control the storm. We don't know when it'll come or what it'll look like, but what we can control is how we respond. If we equip ourselves and prepare ourselves before the storm, if we put on the full armor of God and clothe ourselves with righteousness, it means when the devil comes knocking, we can respond with confidence, we can answer with assurance. It means when the feet are taken from under us we can stand back up with boldness and rebuke the storm. I don't know what storm you're facing today but how you respond to it has the power to stir the storm or still the storm. Last summer we found ourselves in the middle of what seemed like a hurricane. It was the last night of a a two-week amazing family holiday in Dumfries. Four of us cooked up in a two-berth caravan, a 25-year-old Gumtree bargain that had seen more tours than the Beatles. Um, It was that small, if if he sneezed, it caused a storm. But um, the girls were out playing at the park trying to make the most of their last night on holiday, while mum and dad enjoyed a Netflix and a glass of wine. When all of a sudden, from nowhere, the door gets rattled. You know how you can tell if it's good or bad just by the knock? Well, this knock was definitely bad. It was loaded with fear and panic, so I jumped up and opened the door, only to find a woman standing there soaked in water and shaking but the only thing she managed to say was, it's your daughter. Has anyone seen Mission Impossible? Well, imagine Tom Cruise in a pair of Crocs and a baggy hoodie. I'm not kidding, I have not moved or ran so fast in all my life. Eventually when I got there, I forced my way through the crowd, and there she was, our seven-year-old, curled up, wrapped in a towel, soaking wet and shivering. I grabbed her, hugged her and instantly began to pray. I didn't know what I was praying for but it was all I had. Still shaking, she looked over the bridge and pointed. There it was, her bike still lying at the bottom of a river. I felt sick. Suddenly I realised what had happened. She had come flying down this hill but couldn't stop because her brakes failed. Then crashing into a wall, she went over the handlebars into a river. I was absolutely shaking at the thought. I couldn't stop thinking what what could have happened if it wasn't for the first responders. But what really shocked me was the woman who came running to her caravan. In the middle of all the chaos and panic, her first response was, she needs her father. More than anything, this woman knew that she needed, Holly needed her father. More than an ambulance, more than medication, more than a doctor, an expert or a professional opinion. She needed her father. She needed to hear her father's voice. She needed to feel her father's touch. She needed her father to reassure her that she was safe. And I don't know what you're facing or what storm you're in. But today you need to hear the father's voice. You need to feel the father's touch. Because he's near to the brokenhearted, And he, saved those, he saves those who are crushed in spirit. More than a doctor. More than medicine. More than drugs, alcohol or credit cards. More than anything else that you think you need. You need to know that your heavenly father loves you and he'll do anything to get to you. What would it look like today if you knew Jesus was in your storm? Jesus was in your fire. Jesus in your diagnosis. Jesus in your redundancy. Jesus in your grief. These disciples had no revelation of who was in their boat. But that was not going to stop Jesus giving them what they needed. Matthew 7 verse 9 says, Which of you, if your son asks for bread, gives him a stone? Or if he asks for fish, gives him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Don't let doubt, fear or shame stop you from going to the Father today. Some of you are trying to wait for the storm to pass because you think the storm's your fault and the devil keeps telling you you can't go to Jesus because you caused this mess. You can't go and ask Jesus to remove something that you caused or you created. And if that's you this morning, God wants to rebuke that voice because it's a lie of the devil. Whenever I found out my daughter was in danger, wild horses couldn't stop me. She was always going to be my first response. I didn't need to know the details. I didn't need to know what caused it. I didn't didn't need to know whose fault it was. Nothing was going to stand in my way. Whenever we cry out to our Heavenly Father, you can be assured He will come running. Because you are always His first response. I want to commend these disciples today for their response. Because anytime I've ever heard this passage talked about, all I ever hear is the lack of faith, the lack of courage, the lack of trust. But how amazing is it? that even in their darkest hour, even in their doubt, fear and disbelief, they ran to Jesus. Even in their fear and trembling, even in their cynicism and questioning, they still ran to Jesus. God wants your first response to be Jesus, regardless of your doubt and your uncertainty when you fear the future, when you question your faith, When you think he's abandoned you, run to him anyway. God's not fazed by your doubt. He's not disappointed at your lack of faith. As long as your first response is him, he will always come running. You don't need to have bulletproof faith before you approach Jesus. You don't need to have all the answers because he's a good, good father. And he'll never turn you away. Even in your doubt, he will never refuse you. How amazing is it that regardless of what we are going through, even when we question Jesus, he still chooses to save us. I want to look this morning at three things that we can learn from this storm. Number one is storms come with no warning. It says, that day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, he took them along. A furious wind came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping. I love the fact that even though Jesus knows this storm is coming, he goes for a sleep. He doesn't pre-warn them. He doesn't prepare them. He doesn't sit them down, reassure them or advise them. He gets in the boat and goes for a sleep. Why? Because God's not threatened by your storm. He's not fazed by it. He's not fearful of it. As much as he loves you and he cares for you, he's not dictated by your storm. You might think that your storm is a matter of life and death. But as long as Jesus is in your boat, nothing will harm you. As long as Jesus is on board your marriage, as long as Jesus is on board your work, your finances, your vision, as long as Jesus is at the center of one church, storms will come and go, but the steadfast love of God will never let us go under. Even the wind and waves obey him. Somebody shout hallelujah. If Jesus was to sit these disciples down and pre-warn them what was coming, they wouldn't get in the boat. Some of you are trying to get to the other side today by avoiding the storm. By avoiding the storm, you avoid the stretch. By avoiding the storm, you avoid the growth. If you want to get to where God's taking you, you have to go through the storm. Through the storm, not not around it, not over it, not under it, through it. It's through the storm that God builds our character. It's through the storm that he builds our perseverance. It's through the pain and suffering he builds our faith and tenacity and confidence. Storms don't come with a warning, but they do come with a blessing. I believe God wants to reframe your storm today. What if instead of resisting it or resenting it, you embraced it? How would you respond differently if you knew your storm was conditioning you for something greater? Romans 5 verse 3 says, We glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. Let's respond to the storm with perseverance and resilience, knowing that when we get to the other side, we are going to be full of character and more like Jesus. Number two, storms reveal what's inside us. How we respond in a storm situation can reveal so much about what's happening inside us. Because whenever we're shaking, it brings things to the surface. I can't believe some of the things that I see on social media when people are loaded with emotion. One minute they're praising God, the next they're ranting and tearing people down. If if posting on Facebook is your first response in a storm, then be prepared for people to see the real you. Can you imagine if these disciples had Facebook? One minute they're ranting about Jesus, the next they're they're praising him. Call yourself a saviour. Wake up, Jesus. We're about to drown. Don't you have compassion? Don't you love us anymore? Then 10 minutes later, this guy's amazing. Even the wind and waves obey him. These disciples were totally confused because they didn't have a full revelation of who Jesus was and what he was capable of. I think so often as Christians, the way we respond in a storm is a reflection of our relationship with Jesus. The way we talk to people, the way we react to situations, the way we behave and handle ourselves, says so much about how much you know Jesus. If all we ever do is freak out every time trial comes our way, or kick off every time we don't see eye to eye with our neighbour, do we really know who Jesus is? Jesus says, whatever you do to a brother or sister, you do to me. It's easy to love your neighbour when they keep the music down. But how do you respond when they park over your driveway? How do you respond when they party till one o'clock in the morning? The next time you go to respond, ask yourself, is my reaction about to stir the storm or still the storm? Proverbs 15 verse 18 says, A hot-tempered man stirs up strife, but the one who is slow to anger calms dispute. And if that pill's too hard to swallow, here's what Jesus says about responding to an enemy. Matthew 5, verse 38 says, An eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, is that going to get us anywhere? Here's what I propose. Don't hit back at all. If someone strikes you, stand there and take it. If someone drags you into court and sues you or sues you for the shirt off your back, Gift wrap it. (laughs) Gift wrap your best coat and make a present of it. And if someone takes unfair advantage of you, use the occasion to practice the servant life. No more tit-for-tat stuff. Live generously. Jesus said, my first response, when someone hurts me, I stand there and take it. Then gift wrap my jacket. and And give it to them. I know what you're thinking this sounds impossible Kenny and let me tell you if Jesus is not in your boat it is impossible. The only way I can stop myself from lashing out when someone hurts me is to run to the Father. The only way I can still the storm inside me and avoid more hurt more pain more casualties is run to the father and ask for help even jesus went to the father in his darkest hour as he hung on the cross whipped beaten and spat on he stared death in the face and cried out to his father my god my god why have you abandoned me Notice how the disciples' response to Jesus in the boat is the same response that Jesus had to his Father on the cross. Jesus said, Why have you abandoned me? The disciples said, Why have you left us here to drown? Jesus knows your pain. He knows that sinking feeling. He knows what it's like to feel abandoned. But if we run to the Father, nothing can separate us from the love of God. Not life or death, not angels or demons, not fears or worries, not even the powers of hell can stand against us. Because if God is for us, who can be against us? Lastly, before we finish, number three, your storm reveals God's power. When we see a storm, God sees an opportunity. The storm is God's platform for a miracle. The storm is God's mic to rebuke the devil. Jesus got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and was completely the only way you can silence a storm is to run to the father and speak the word of God the word of God has the authority to silence any storm I want us just to take a minute and close our eyes where we are I want you to picture your storm. Whatever it is you're going through, I believe the Holy Spirit is speaking peace into your turmoil right now. Peace into your relationships. Peace into your health. Peace into your finances. Peace into your striving and need for acceptance. The Holy Spirit is saying, quiet. Quiet to fear. Quiet to jealousy. Quiet to comparison. Quiet to anxiety anxiety. be still and know that I am God I am your shield I am your comfort I am your shelter I am your fortress I am your hiding place I am your strength my right hand will hold you up. Second Corinthians 4, verse 17. These troubles and sufferings won't last very long. This short time of distress will result in God's richest blessing upon us forever. So we do not look to the troubles around us, but but we look forward to the joys in heaven, which we have not seen yet. The troubles will soon be over, but the joy to come will last forever. Hey, thanks for taking the time to listen in. We pray this message has been an encouragement wherever it finds you. If you have found it helpful, why not share it with someone or leave a comment? To find out more and stay connected, you can follow us at One Church Scotland through our Facebook, Instagram and YouTube. Take care and have a great week.